Good morning. Let's worship.
be seated. I was wrapped up in that. I forgot I'm supposed to actually say something now. All right. If you're a guest today, maybe your first, second time or but more than that, but you've never filled out our registration, we'd really appreciate it. We're not going to invade your privacy. Just send you a thank you letter that you were with us. So if you'd do that and drop it in the offering plate, we'd appreciate it. In your bulletin, there was a, a ballot. If you're a member, we encourage you. We trust people that they're not going to stuff the ballot. So if you're, a, <clears throat> if you're a member, just fill that out. It's voting yes or no on the budget and then yes or no on the leaders. Probably you say, I don't even know who they are. That's why we had that big meeting a few weeks ago to get everybody out. But nevertheless, if you would make your vote known, fold it just once. Don't make a little airplane out of it. Fold it once and put it in the offering plate. When it comes around a little bit later, we'd appreciate that. Next Sunday... Is that rain? Yes. I'm glad we're in here. Next Sunday is wear your jersey. It's, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I'm not, I haven't decided yet whether to wear my Gator uh, jersey, one of them, or my Denver Bronco Tim Tebow <clears throat> jersey. But anyway, that's next Sunday if you would do that. This week is Ladies, A Woman's Heart. And a very special guest, uh, Amy Lively, is going to be speaking. Um, the, the, she's from um, the uh, Buena Vista, Colorado area, and I met them some years ago. <clears throat> and she is an excellent speaker and an author. And so she's going to speak to the ladies this, um, this Tuesday on Hope. And so would like to encourage you to come and be a part of that. You can sign up, <clears throat> call, whatever you need to do to be able to come. And then... Uh, every year this time, if you remember, you'd walk in here and there'd be a sheet on every chair. <clears throat> and it would be a form that we ask you to fill out all the information, da-da-da-da. Well, you know, you're supposed to get smarter as you get older. <clears throat> so we decided what we'd do this year. If nothing's changed, if all the information is the same, then we just say, let it go. Don't worry about it. But if something's changed and we don't know it or you've never filled one out... Again, I don't know how it works, but you can scan that little thing right there. <clears throat> Again, what's the name of that? QR code. QR code. 
anyway, if you want to do that, or you can check into the booth out there, they can help you, or you can go on our website. But that's if you have information that's changed. It really helps us a lot um, to know. We don't invade you, your privacy, but it would really help us a lot. All right, enough said. Let's sing again. Stand. Welcome somebody around you to church.
sweetest name I know. Father, I pray we come in here to worship you face to face in spirit and truth, encountering a real, live, heavenly Father who loves us so much, who loves his children. Father, may you wrap your arms around us. May we truly understand the glory of who you are and the presence that you are in this place. Father, I pray that we would find you where you, where you are and you would see, that we would see you. God, be with us today. So we take up our tithes and offerings. May others know your name, the name that is above every name. Jesus, amen. We want our lives to be in control, but where do we turn when they're not? When the storms hit us out of nowhere, what happens then? We can hide the weight of our worries behind the smiles on our faces. We can try our best to mask the hurt and to cover over the pain. But in our private and alone moments, we're praying with tears and we're longing in desperation for something to change. So in moments like these, we need to be reminded of something that we probably already know. That if you're in Christ, it's all gonna be okay. As the waves rise and as the earth crumbles all around, as the regrets mount and as the uncertainty refuses to give way, if you're in Christ, it's all gonna be okay. This has nothing to do with positivity or wishful thinking. Rather, it's because we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. That if Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the third day, and if the power of God was behind it all, then truly beloved, there can be no greater truth than this. If you are in Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, whether you see it fulfilled in this life or the next, it's all going to be okay. While they were playing that, he kept saying it's going to be okay. Guess what's going in my mind? Every little thing going to be okay. Remember that? That's, I can't help it. That's what was going All right. This is the last sermon in the series on encouragement. Started it the first of the year, to, thought it'd be a great idea <clears throat> to talk about starting that new year with encouragement. And we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, doubts, when you have doubts. I think last week we talked about when you feel defeated, uh, feel like a failure and you need to start over. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about the last thing that we can uh, have victory over, and that is discouragement. Anybody ever been discouraged? You know, I think, I think discouragement is probably uh, man's most deadly disease because it can really cause uh, a lot of other issues in our life. Not only is it universal, but it's contagious. You know, if you're around somebody that's constantly, and then we all, we all get discouraged and we all complain every now and then, but you know what I'm saying? If somebody has that as a lifestyle um, and they're discouraged, then you can get discouraged also pretty quickly. I remember some years ago in the Dodgers locker room, right before their opening game um, for the season, Bill Russell, he made a statement that I wrote down, and this is what I share with people a lot. He said, winners never give up in a slump. They just keep on and ride it out. And you know, that's good advice for us in the Christian life. Just, you know, we gotta keep going. Uh, so what do you do when you feel like giving up? You know, we all have our off days, don't you? We all have our off days. Maybe you say, well, I've had an off week. I've had an off month. Um, you feel like giving up. And you ask sometimes, is it really worth it just to keep on going? Well, there's a book in the Bible that I absolutely love for several reasons. One, it, well, it is the book of Nehemiah. 
And one, because it is probably the best information on leadership. You know, I've got about that thick of a, about 12 or 13 sermons just on leadership and how Nehemiah led them to do what they needed to do. But I think also that this is one of the greatest encouragements for us on how to not be discouraged um, and be able to share that with other people. Now, a little quick background. In 586 BC, the Babylonians went and destroyed Jerusalem and Judea, but they destroyed Jerusalem. They burned the temple. They took everything out of the temple. They broke the walls down. And we're not talking about a 40, 50, even 100 foot wall. We're talking miles and miles and miles around the city of Jerusalem. They just absolutely destroyed it. Well, when they left, they took all the people that had talent with them, who were educated with them, and they left the poor people in the land to do the crops and things like that. Well, now people from other nations came also to Jerusalem, and they started intermingling, and they started, you know, um, getting married with one another, and so it caused a mixed race. And this, so that you kind of understand some of the things we read, this mixed race had had about a hundred years there of, of doing things the way they wanted them, being in power, you know, uh, exacting taxes and things like that. So Nehemiah now comes in 444 BC to rebuild the wall. Um, God had laid it on his heart. I want you to go back to your homeland and rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. So that is what Nehemiah is going to do. But he runs into some problems, and that's what we're going to cover today, that would have caused them and did cause them to be discouraged. And we're going to see what Nehemiah, through the Lord's advice, told them and helped them to do so that they would not be discouraged. All right? Are you ready? So in verse, or chapter 4, verse 6, here's what Nehemiah, and this is written in the first person. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength, and here's the key, here's the, here's the answers here. The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or even see it, We'll be right there among them and kill them and put an end to their work. So in this passage, that those two short or three verses, there, there are four causes of being discouraged. So let's look at what those are. In, in, in verse 10, he says, the strength of the laborers is giving out. Folks, one of the causes, it may not be number one, but one of the causes sometimes of people being discouraged is fatigue. Write her down, fatigue. What do you mean? We just wear out. They, they had worked in their idea a long time. And by the way, um, they built this wall around the whole city in only about 52 days. It was quite an amazing feat, but they got so discouraged when they first started. And that's why we're reading some of these things. But folks, you know, you, you just wear out, you get discouraged. And are you listening? When you are down physically, it is hard to be up spiritually and emotionally. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Vince Lombardi said many, many years ago in the 60s, fatigue makes cowards of us all. You know, so trying to encourage his team, you know, to, to get the rest they needed, work hard, but get the rest they needed. Now, I know it's not true in every case. But I believe that it is amazing sometimes how different things look after you've had a good night's sleep. And I think most of you would agree with that. Farmers have learned to rotate their crops. They learn that if they let the land lie fallow for a while, it produces a greater harvest. Fred Taylor in 1898, that's not the running back for the Gators, but a different Fred Taylor in 1898 did a scientific study that proved that at the workplace, people would produce more if they had periodic breaks. Hence, we've had ever since then the coffee break. 
okay? So sometimes you just need to rest. Now, also in this passage, there's something else that's kind of interesting, and that is when does this fatigue usually set in? Let's get practical here for a moment. When does discouragement set in? Well, look at verse 6, if you would. So we rebuilt the wall until all of it reached what? Half its height. Fatigue and discouragement comes at a midpoint. Folks, you know, one of my favorite sayings years ago and still true today is when the newness wears off, right? When the newness wears off, things start to change. You get a new project, you know, um, um, and you're starting on that, and the newness will wear off. And you may get tired, you may get bored, and you'll get discouraged. It sets in. Uh, one of the biggest impressions in my mind about this was when I was out in Colorado, and I, I wanted to plant a yard of Kentucky bluegrass. There's nothing like Kentucky bluegrass. And I mean, I planted, I had that thing ready, and I overseeded it. And folks, I'm bragging a little bit, but I had a carpet. I mean, that yard was a beautiful, soft carpet of K Kentucky bluegrass. Well, after about four years, we were going to move. So I'm thinking, I don't want to leave that yard. I mean, no. I mean, I put a lot of work and effort into that. So I went and rented a machine. I don't know if you know this, but you can rent a machine that digs sod up. And you can, you can set it for like that thick, that thick, uh, that thick. So I said, I want all that I can get. I want all the nutrients that I put into it that I can. So I rented one of those things, and I started on that yard. And I'm telling you, about halfway through, I, I, I did. I got so discouraged, I quit. Um, what I was doing for about two or three hours, went into a little town, got me something to eat and, you know, decided, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to finish it or am I going to hire somebody or am I just going to walk away? Well, I went back and it took me two or three days, but man, and, and I was young back then, man, and I could work all day physically. It didn't bother me, but I'm telling you, I got discouraged about that, but I got it all. I mean, I, I looked at it, I thought, oh gosh, I've only dug up half of it. I've still got to put it in the back of the truck. I've still got to drive to the new place. I've got to unload it. I've got to lay it out, pack it down. I mean, I just absolutely got discouraged. Anybody ever been there? Just trying to do a job, you get discouraged. And when did it come? About midpoint. After I'd worked about half a day, you know, it was, oh my gosh, because I looked at what was left to do. That's what these people are doing. They looked at what was left to do, and it was very discouraging to them. All right, so here's another cause. Look at verse 10b. And there is so much what? Rubble. What's he talking about? He's talking about the litter, the debris, the trash. I mean, you know, folks, if you're in a building project, and a lot of you that, that, that build, or you, you used to maybe, you know there's a lot of rubbish. That's why all these new homes I see out where we live and they're building, there's a big old uh, dumpster bin. You know, maybe two or three of them, they're trying to put all that rubble in there. Well, these people are trying to build a wall. And there, there's mortar and there's cement everywhere, and it's heavy. And you, if you're going to lay your line, you've got to move it out of the line at least. And, and it's hard, it's heavy. By the way, um, I thought about, well, how can, how can we maybe, maybe relate to that today? Any of you guys or gals, have you ever tried to live in a house that you're remodeling at the same time? The, buddy, that, I'm telling you, that, that will discourage you, and here's what it causes, frustration. Write it down. I mean, it is frustrating, can cause discouragement. That's why I don't, I'm glad I never learned how to fix anything. I don't, I, I don't, you know. I could probably be a millionaire if I had all the money that I spent hiring people to do the jobs that I don't know how to do. Frustration. How many of you ever had the kind of, maybe you have it now. Anybody ever have the kind of a job that you feel like it never finished, never gets over? Anybody? I mean, in a way, I feel that way because when I walk out of here in a few hours or minutes, actually, when I walk out of here, I know it's coming again next Sunday. You know, that's why somebody asked me fairly recently, I saw your car at the church on New Year's Day. What were you doing? I said, working. They said, why? I said, because Sunday comes every week. You know, and that's, that's just the way it is. 
but it can be frustrating. Trash multiplies like the work's never done. Well, you know what? We can't always avoid the rubble, can we? You say, well, how does that relate to us today? We're not moving that kind of stuff around. Well, rubble might be the trivial things in your life. It might be something like television that gets in the way of your relationship with the Lord. It might be a relationship. It might be a hobby that you're spending too much time. Time wasters can cause that. All right, let's look at um, uh, chapter 4, verse 10. He says, there is so much rubble that we what? What's the next word? Cannot. You may want to circle that word. That we cannot rebuild the wall. So what are they saying? Man, we should have never started this. They were, and, and again, they were unable evidently to finish the wall in their time frame. And so they felt like, here's the word, a failure. Feeling like you're a failure can cause discouragement. How do you react to failure? How do you react when your plans collapse and you don't accomplish things like you thought you were? Folks, listen, most of us, um, we get to a point in life to where we never thought we were going to be there at that point. And we look at our age. Listen, we've done that. You look at your age, you think, man, I thought I was going to be in a different place than this right now. But life throws us curveballs and we have to adjust. But it can be discouraging. So we need to ask, how do we respond to failure? Do we self-pity? Do we start complaining? Or do we, as we've been singing about, look to the Lord and say, you already know how it's going to end and it's going to be okay. uh, Chapter 4, verse 11. Also, our enemies said, before they see us, we'll be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. Now, that would cause discouragement. For people to, you know, what you're doing to say, okay, we're going to kill you. Fear. Fear is another cause of discouragement. I told you a little bit of the background here um, in in the very beginning. But what they did, first of all, all these people around there, and the Bible actually names them. But what they tried to do, they tried to ridicule the Jews. They kept saying, oh, you don't know how to build. And that wall's so feeble that even if a fox jumped on it, it would fall down. So they, tr- they tried that. They tried to uh, ridicule them. Then they tried to criticize them. They sent letters to the king of Persia and said, you better check the past records. You better not let them finish the wall. Because if they do, they're gonna, this guy, Nehemiah, is going to proclaim himself a king. And they're going to quit paying taxes and all that other stuff. So they tried to threaten them or, or to criticize them. That didn't work. So now it's, okay, we'll kill you. And that was causing discouragement with a lot of people as we're going to read. Now, notice who got afraid. Verse 12, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us how many times? 10 times over. Isn't that something? Wherever you turn, they're going to attack us. Folks, you got to be very careful about living around negative people with negative thoughts all the time or you will be affected and infected. So I would caution you today, be careful about what you read on Facebook and what you put on Facebook or some of these other media, social media things. Um, But be careful there because it can absolutely, you can read that stuff and it can cause you to be discouraged. And I'm just going to tell you, if you're discouraged this morning, it almost is going to be inevitably true. It's one of these four things, fear, frustration, failure, or fatigue. Okay, do we have it? Okay, we saw what uh, Nehemiah said about the cause. Now I'm going to, we're going to talk, take those four things and give you four things that would be an answer to that. And in this first one, I'm going to tell you some scriptures that half of the first service said they had never heard. And I don't know, maybe it'll be true for you, but they said, I've never heard that. All right, so what do we do? Fatigue, number one, rest your body. Rest your body. Now, again, I would love to have you read that whole, you can read it in one sitting, the whole little book there of Nehemiah. But one of the things that you'll see that when Nehemiah got back there, 
one of the first things that he did was he proclaimed, look, we need to start observing the holy days again. And that meant they had a rest. That meant there was a Sabbath. So he actually gave their bodies some rest. Let's look at a verse that half the people in the first service said they didn't know was in the Bible. Psalm 127.2, God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. How many of you, I'll be honest, did not know that was in the Bible? Well, probably half here too. You need to cut that out and put it on your refrigerator. Really, for, for a lot of you. The Bible says in another place, it's vain to stay up late and get up early. I like that one. <laughs> Psalm 119.73, you may not have known was in the Bible. You made my body, Lord. Now give me the sense to heed your laws. What are the laws? Well, let me tell you what one of them was. God saw, thought it was so important, he put it in the Big Ten. Observe a Sabbath. Take a rest every seventh day. That's how important it was to him. So rest your body. Number two, you may need to reorganize your life. If it's that frustrating, you may need to reorganize. When Nehemiah saw the people that they were getting discouraged, here's what he said. And boy, you talk about excellent leadership. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places posting them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Isn't that that pretty wise? You you say, what's wise about that? Well, for one thing, it's we're going to have a weapon in one hand because they just said they're going to sneak in here and kill us. So uh, a cement trowel in one hand and a, a, a gun in the other. I mean, they were going to, that's what he told them. And the other smart thing was he, he put people in charge of the wall. He divided it into sections. This is your family section. This is your family section. And so let me tell you something. If I'm there and my family, my mom, my dad, and my family, if they're there helping me and the enemy comes, I'm not going to run away very fast, right? You're going to stay there and fight for your family. And that's what he knew that they would do. Let's all get together. Let's have some support groups. But he did it in a very, very smart way. Now, some of you may be discouraged this morning because of tremendous pressure um, in in your work. Maybe you have guidelines and I don't know if they even do quotas or things like that anymore. But you 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 may be very discouraged because of that. Make sure, here's what I'm saying. Make sure you have time for the most important things in life, and that is God, family, and church. That you need, you need that in your life. See, the Bible said, Nehemiah, group them by families. What does that mean? We need each other. We need each other in this church. As I told the first service, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights are the favorite times for me because I'm so encouraged by you. When you're here and I see you, and sometimes I get to speak to you individually, but it's so encouraging to have you here. And and by the way, 50 times in the New Testament, you'll read these words, one another. Love one another, pray for one another, help one another. Uh, 50 times it'll tell you that. And if you're out there in the world as a Lone Ranger Christian, you're going to be discouraged. That's why you need to get in these small groups that we have. I mean, these things are growing like crazy, and they're doing the job of the church. They're helping each other. When somebody in their group gets sick, man, bam, they're rallied around them like that. Sometimes I don't even know about it. They've already been sick and healed and food brought over before I even know they were sick. And I like that. I read, um, nearly each day, I read the Durango Herald newspaper on the internet. I've subscribed to that. And reading a lot of the stories that, you know, from out there that I'm interested in. And one of them was, and I don't even know who these people were, but there were three people. And they were caught in the, in the high country, in the mountains. They were caught out there uh, in a snowstorm, in a blizzard, and got caught, lost their way back. And couldn't find their way out of there. And they, stay, they had to spend the whole night, the whole night there. They weren't prepared for that. I don't think they even had matches. The, the, the whole night they were there. And story ends good they found them the next morning 
and they were all three okay, you know, frostbitten in some areas, but okay. And when they were interviewing these people and asking them about, well, how did you make it? Because it got down to zero degrees that, that whole night. They said, well, we, 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 we would rub each other. We would uh, hug each other, you know, get together and, and named all the things that they did. But what I liked was what they said. We, would, we were not going to give up and die. And here's what some say, well, because I wanted to see my kids. You know, I wanted to see one of them, like, I wanted to see my daughter when she got married in June. I mean, there was hope. But folks, I'm just saying they had a support group. They were motivated by the fact that there was somebody out there praying for them. Number three, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Here's what he said in verse 14. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Folks, recommit yourself if you're discouraged today because of that. One of the great stories in the Bible, David had led a whole group. He had been thrown out of his kingdom. His son had run him out and uh, and then later Saul was chasing, or earlier Saul was chasing him all over the place. And in one particular instance, he had about 600 men, a rough, rough group of men that they were outcasts from everywhere that joined him. And uh, they, they had this little town called Ziklag, and that's where they lived. And um, they went out to do something, I think, to uh, go fight an enemy. And while they were gone, another enemy came in. And burned the whole place down, took his wives, their children, everybody out of there, all the wealth, took it back to their place. And when they got back, when David and them got back and they saw that their, their families were gone, their kids were gone, it says that they did, the men said, we're going to kill him. And it said they were ready to stone David. And then these words are almost amazing. It said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. He remembered the Lord. And what did he remember? Well, let's look at these three things for you to write. First of all, we need to remember God's goodness in the past. Has God helped you in the past? Had he been good to you in the past? That's, that's one of the healthiest emotions you can have is gratitude. To remember what the Lord has done in the past. What else did he do? Number two, remember how close to, to you the Lord is in the present. Folks, how many really believe he's with you right now? He's with you right now. And, and he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I think I told you that that is a double negative. You know, and, and in the Greek, that's okay. But in the he, uh, English, it's not. What he was saying is, no, I will never leave you. No, I will never forsake you. He doesn't want us to ever forget that. His closeness to you in the present. Number three, his power for the future. His power for the future. Over and over again, folks, the Bible is full of promises. God says in one place, as your days are, so shall your strength be. Whatever, day, you know, whatever, whatever happens to you during the day, God's strength is going to be there for you. And he, over and over, I will help you. I, I love reading the last about 12 chapters of Isaiah because it's all about encouragement. And, and about how the Lord is going to be there in the future. Um, Psalm 119.25, I am completely discouraged. There's a word, discouraged. I lie in the dust. Revive me by television. No, wait, whoa, no. Revive me by going to a good restaurant to eat. No. Revive me by going on a shopping spree. No. Revive me by your word. You want the quickest answer to discouragement, it's read the Word of God. I've had people, had a couple this week, people that have been going through honestly tough things in their life and wanted to know, well, you know, what can we do? You know, we're, we're, I don't even want to read my Bible. I said, I know I've been there. I've been there to where I didn't want to read my Bible. I'm talking here as a pastor. But you know what I did do, though? I opened the book of Psalms every day and I just made myself read the book of Psalms because I'm telling you, the, the words there are unbelievably encouraging. You look to the Lord, remember the Lord. 
You remember last week I told you that, um, I believe it was last week or week before, that one of my favorite verses in the Bible was Jonah, I think 3, 1 or 2, 1, where it says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He got a second chance. Um, one of my other favorite ones in Jonah is chapter 2, verse 7. He said, when I had lost all hope, I once again turned my thoughts to the Lord. And he was in the, listen, you may not believe it, but it really happened. He was in a big fish. The Bible doesn't say a whale. He was in the belly of a big fish. He was at the bottom of the ocean. God was teaching him something so that he would do God's will. So anyway, I won't start going there again. All right. Number four, resist the discouragement. Remember the Lord. And number four, resist the discouragement. Here's what Nehemiah said to them. Look, after you remember the Lord, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. You know what I'm just saying? Don't give in to discouragement without a fight. Give it a fight. Resist the discouragement. D.L. Moody once said, I've never known God to use a discouraged person. And um, I believe it was Hank Stram. He was a coach for the Chiefs, wasn't he? Hank Stram. I believe he's the one that said, you don't determine a man's greatness by his talent, his wealth, his income, or his education. You determine his greatness by what it takes to make him quit, to be discouraged. Folks, as Christians, we're in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle, and we've got to understand that. And we know, though, that the Bible says in, in James, resist the devil. And what will he do? Flee. But you've got to resist him. So what is it this morning that might be causing you to be discouraged? Which of those things? Is it fatigue? You know, is it frustration? Is it failure? Is it fear? Rebuild the wall in your life by turning yourself over to the Lord. I know every Sunday I talk to at least one person, usually it's way more, who will tell me before the service ever starts that they're just barely holding on. Barely holding on. But I want to say to all of you, the tide may be out, but it's going to come back in. And this too shall pass. Let's pray. Would you maybe pray in your heart something like this? Lord, I'm, I, I, I am down. I, I mean, I'm, maybe you're not completely discouraged, but Lord, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm tired. I'm just tired. And Lord, I'm frustrated. And the truth is, I feel like a failure. In your heart right now, remember the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It's encouraging to us that when we feel like everything is falling apart, help us to really believe that those pieces can fall into your hands and you can put them back together. Thank you, Lord, that in all situations that we don't know how to control, you do. The things that are frustrating me don't frustrate you. Help us to put our lives in your hands. And Lord, there might be someone here today that needs to open their heart to you for the very first time. I pray they would do that. That in their heart, they would invite Jesus to come into their life. I, I just sense that there's somebody or somebodies that are they're praying that prayer right now. Lord, I don't understand all this, but I want to know you, and I thank you for dying for me. Lord, help us to live for you this week. And now we're going to ask you to stand with us as Nancy leads us in a song. 
chorus a couple of God times through. Still moves. God still moves in the hearts of His people. God still moves. He does not sleep, nor does He slumber. God still moves. God still moves. One more time. God still moves. God still moves in the hearts of His people. Still moves. He does not sleep, nor does He slumber. God still moves. God still moves. Thank you all so much. Have a great, great day. I think it's quit raining and the sun's out. So have a great day. Enjoy.